For some women, infertility is a road they didn't plan on taking and brings a silent grief that few recognize or acknowledge. If you've suffered through infertility, you know the deep pain it causes, and you might be wondering how to get through it. If you have a friend who is going through it, then stay tuned because you'll come away with a new understanding of what this journey is like and how to support a friend through it. This is the Made for Hope podcast. I'm Sarah R. Ward, bringing you stories of hope through difficulty. And today, I'm talking with guest Rebecca Fox, who writes at barrentobeautiful.com, where she shares her struggle with infertility and what she learned through that journey. Rebecca is a wife and mom, but for several years, she didn't know if her journey would lead to motherhood. So here is Act One, when pregnancy doesn't come easily. our journey began like most people's, which is unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, we, we got married. We had this perfect plan. It was the two-year plan of we are not getting pregnant for two years. We are going to have fun, build our relationship, you know, do all the things. We're not going to let children interrupt that. Uh, that was our mindset at the time. And yes. So we had our perfect plan and the plan was that, okay, when it's time, we're going to get pregnant in September. We're going to have the baby in June because my husband is a teacher and that way he can be home for the next three months when the baby is born. And so, you know, the only problem with our perfect plan was that it wasn't God's plan. (laughs) It was our plan. And we didn't know that at the time, of course, but, um, so we were really excited. Two years had passed. We finally were ready to become parents. My heart was finally softened and surrendered to the idea of motherhood. Um, We were just really excited to welcome a baby into our family, to love a baby. And so I remember that very first month um, we had thrown out the birth control. It was the first month we ever tried. Um, And so I just assumed that I was definitely pregnant. I come from a long line of very fertile women and that all got pregnant super easily. So I thought if anything, it'll be too easy for us. (laughs) I remember the very first time I took a pregnancy test and I remember waking up really early before work that morning and the house was still dark and I was so careful to not wake my husband. And I tiptoed to the bathroom and I carefully unwrapped the pregnancy test. And I think I read the instructions like eight times and I had like an actual stopwatch in my hand to make sure it was two minutes exactly. And I just remember during those two minutes, like I, my heart was leaping. I just couldn't wait to tell my husband, um, the news, you know, and I just, I remember feeling kind of torn, like, should I, wake him up by like jumping on the bed and saying, you know, we're having a baby. Or should I say, you're going to be a dad. Like those were my two, that was my only decision at that point. And so I remember the two minutes passed and to my shock, the test was negative. Mm. And I never said either of those two things. And I just remember seeing like, oh, negative. And 
I remember just that sinking feeling of my heart, um, kind of this strange sorrow that I just wasn't expecting at all. Um, I mean, looking back, maybe I was just really naive, but I just never expected it to be negative. And I remember my husband later waking up and coming to talk to me in the living room and he could see I was just kind of like sitting on the couch kind of sulking and sad and I told him you know the test was negative and you know my first thought was you know like is something wrong with us uh you know what what why did this happen or why why didn't why aren't we pregnant you know we just expected to be and I remember him just kind of comforting me before work that morning and just saying you know Becca it might just take us a little longer than most people And he was right about that. One of the hardest parts of this journey is realizing that our perfect plan isn't always God's plan. Unmet expectations and an unknown weight make infertility a monthly roller coaster ride from anticipation to disappointment. So here is Act Two the cycle of hope and despair. As the months kind of pass by, the first few months, I think, I think we were you know, hopeful. Um, You know, maybe it was just a fluke. It didn't happen right away. You know, sometimes it can take a few months. It can take a little time. Maybe we didn't hit the window exactly right or, you know. Um, But as those months became more months (laughs) and and began to roll into more, um, you know, I think we realized, you know, Hmm, maybe there is something wrong here because, you know, you want to have hope and, and we just kept saying, okay, this month or okay, next month or next month. But, you know, we kind of kept doing that. And, um, and every month we would, we would try and we would feel hopeful. And then, you know, all that anticipation and hope would come crashing back down again because, oh, my period started, okay, I'm not pregnant, or the test was negative. Felt like a series of, of many tragedies that kept happening, you know, every, every cycle, there was that hope, and then despair again, and then hope, and then despair again. So that cycle that kept happening, um, it just kind of wore on my soul. Um, it, it wears on the inside of you. I like to say that you know, infertility is kind of like a, a labor of the soul where it's not like a, a birth labor where you see like here screaming and in, in pain. It's it's quiet. It it happens in like these unseen places, um, often by yourself where, you know, um, you're just trying to process that grief each month and that um, disappointment you expect and then you're disappointed again. So. And how many months or years did that last? Yeah, for us, it was actually only a little over two years, which is actually short in the infertility world. I would say people struggle much longer, um, sometimes a decade or more. When we were in it, it didn't feel short. It felt like an eternity because every single month you have no idea what's coming or what's happening, or if there's ever an end in sight, um, you just don't know. You feel like you're running into the unknown with no direction and no finish line. You're just going, not knowing where 
where it will lead. So, yeah, I think that is one of the hardest parts of the infertility journey. Just like you said, you don't know when the end of that journey is or if there will be an end to the journey. Like you didn't know that after two years you were going to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if God had told you that and you Mm -hmm. knew it was coming, that might have helped, but you didn't really know. And you were so for you, it was just like seeing this journey that would never end. And I think a lot of women feel Mm -hmm. that way, like you said, and I'm sure you found that a lot of your friends were having babies um, Mm -hmm. during that time, or maybe having their second baby. Mm -hmm. Um, How was that dealing with watching your friends have it happen so easily and yet struggling through it for you? Yeah, it it was really difficult. Pretty much all of our friends were pregnant at that time, or they were already parents. I remember just, it felt like everyone else's life was growing and expanding and changing, and ours just stayed the same. And so, you know, all of our friends were, you know, trading in their sports cars for SUVs and minivans, and they were (laughs) redecorating their offices into, you know, nurseries and, and baby rooms. And here we were just in this big empty house all by ourselves. And, you know, it just, I just remember that feeling of like everyone else's life is changing and growing. And we're just like stuck right here, like frozen in time. It felt like just staying the same. It's hard to imagine the gifts when you're in the midst of a waiting season. But Rebecca writes on her blog, I looked out on my life and saw a barren wasteland. I saw only what I did not have. I saw only what I lacked. And I did not see God or any of the many gifts he had already surrounded me with. This is what I love to talk about on the Made for Hope podcast. The gifts we find in the hard journeys because they're priceless. So here is Act 3, Rebecca's Gifts of Brokenness. I think one of the things that was eye-opening for me was to realize that there were gifts in this journey. The Lord really got my attention one day. Um, I was actually listening to an episode of Adventures in Odyssey with my fifth grade class that I was the teacher of. So the Lord does speak in mysterious ways. But, um, you know, I was at this point where I was trying to be strong. I was trying to just force myself to accept that, okay, I may never have kids. I was trying to put on this tough face, like, okay, I don't want to be naive anymore. I don't want to keep hoping for something that may not happen. And and maybe the Lord hasn't even planned that it will happen. So I know the big girl thing to do would just be to accept this and to kind of plow through and to be tough. And so I remember coming to this point where I was just going to be tough and accept the fact that I may never have kids. And it was hard for me, but I just was trying to shove down all of that pain and all of those emotions and kind of get to this really numb place. Um, The thing about being tough, I think, is it it works. (laughs) I became tough in my heart. Everything that was once tender and soft and hoping for this baby and, and hoping in the Lord, I, I just kind of like hardened into like a rock, like, mm-hmm. like an abandoned garden. Like I just let it become really hard and difficult and overgrown with weeds kind of a thing. And 
um, I, I thought I was doing really well at the time. Like, you know what? Okay. I've accepted it. Like I thought it was very mature of me to accept God's plan for my life. Um, but what the Lord wanted to show me was that he didn't want me to just accept his plan for my life. The plan that he had crafted for my life, just like everyone else's life, was his masterpiece. And mm. he did not want me to just simply accept his plan for me. He wanted me to embrace that plan. And he didn't want me to simply tolerate this plan that he had for me. He wanted me to thank him for it and embrace embrace it, embrace him in it and, and see it as a gift from him. And so in the story that I heard on Adventures in Odyssey, there was um, a woman on that episode that had become blind by accident and blind by a horse riding accident. And um, someone asks this blind woman in the episode, aren't you so angry that this happened? Aren't you angry at the Lord that he allowed you to become blind in this horse riding accident? And her answer just really caught my attention. Her answer was, um, she said, you know what? I, I used to be, um, and it is hard being blind, but I realized that if God, who is sovereign and who is good, allowed me to become blind, then it is for my good and his glory that that I'm blind. So instead of just tolerating the fact that I'm blind, I'm going to thank him for this because he is doing something more than what I can see. And, and he is going to be glorified in this. And for me, that was a real turning point. I remember kind of wiping away tears as I was listening to it. Um, and going home that day and realizing for the first time in my life that God was calling me to not just accept his plan, but to embrace it and to thank him for it. And so with great fear and trembling, I came to this point where I knew I had to thank him for infertility. And I know how crazy that sounds because it felt crazy to me at the time. But I remember sitting at our big dining room table with like a piece of paper. I was all alone in the house and it took me a very long time to actually choke the words out um, to tell God, like, thank you for this infertility. And I did not feel it in my heart. I didn't, I don't know if I even meant it, <laughs> But in obedience, I wanted to thank him for um, what he was doing through infertility in my life. And so what I did that day um, was really what opened my eyes to the gifts um, that were all around me was just with a pen and, and notebook, I wrote down everything good I could think of in my life about not being able to get pregnant. And so... On that list, um, you know, 
I said things like, God, um, thank you that I don't have to go through morning sickness, you know, thank you that I don't have to go through dreaded labor. You know, I'd seen movies and seen people screaming and it looked pretty awful. So, you know, thank you that I don't have to go through labor. Thank you that I don't have to put on baby weight. Thank you that I don't have to get varicose veins, which run in my family when anyone gets pregnant. So (laughs) my my list was very vain. It was very surface level, but it was sincere and I meant it. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time in that whole experience of, of infertility that I stopped and looked for something good about what God was doing right in the midst of where I was at. And so as I began that practice of, of thanking God, even for those silly things of not being pregnant, um, my list began to change. And, you know, over time, uh, as the weeks went on and I kept doing this, I began to thank him for some deeper things like, God, thank you um, that you can see more than we can see right now. God, thank you that you are wise and that you will fulfill your purpose for us. God, thank you that, you know, um, you might be calling us to something different. Um, And it just began this holy wonder in me where I, I stopped looking at what my life was lacking. And I started opening my eyes to the beauty that God had already placed in my life. And, you know, I began to ask questions like, you know, maybe the Lord isn't calling us to the normal thing. Maybe he has something different for us. Maybe he has something totally wild for us. Maybe he's going to call us to the other side of the globe. You know, maybe there's something dangerous he wants us to do that we couldn't do with children. Um, Maybe he is calling us to adoption, um, you know, and maybe this is the only way that he will open our eyes and open our hearts to consider this option. Um, And so I didn't know what it was, but just this simple process of gratitude began to open my eyes to see, wow, God has given me good things right now. They are all around me. He has placed me, uh, he has placed people in my life right now to love. And and how am I doing with the people he has already given me? You know, so it just really opened my eyes to that God was intimately present, that he had a purpose, that he was not afar off, but that he was close and he was surrounding me. He was everywhere. And it began this excitement and this joy for wait God is here right now not just someday when I get pregnant but he's here right now and he is going to have his way the Lord had shown me that it wasn't just my womb that was barren it was actually my soul that was barren and they are two different things you know you think of a a barren womb as as an empty womb that that can't produce um can't bear a child. Um, But a barren soul, um, I think that's something that we all have inside of us apart from Jesus Christ. And, you know, the definition of barren, if you look it up in in the dictionary or wherever, it it simply means unable to produce. Um, It means 
fruitless, void, empty, desolate. And this was exactly how I I felt in my very soul, you know, and I think as a woman, um, having a barren womb, it, it does, it can affect your soul because it's the very core of a person, you know, it's a, a very core of a woman. I think the Lord was wanting to show me that um, it wasn't a, a child that was going to take that barrenness of my soul away. It was only him. Yes, my womb was still empty. My arms were still empty, but I could raise them and worship to him. And even with an empty womb, I realized that my spirit wasn't empty. He was living in me. So it wasn't a baby that was going to make me alive. It was his living Holy Spirit that he had placed inside of me that made me alive. And no one could take that away. For those people who may not have experienced infertility, but they have a friend who is going through it, a loved one, how can we companion and support these these women who are suffering through this, struggling through this? I think just, um, I mean, first of all, by praying for them, um, you know, for, for the ones that have openly shared their struggle with you, you have, um, you have more of an invitation to, to speak into their lives and encouragement. Um, for the ones that you don't really know if they're struggling with infertility, um, I think it's most honoring to allow them to share that with you if they feel inclined to, um, rather than, you know, kind of poking around and and probing and trying to find out if there's an issue or something wrong. Um, But I think, you know, including them, I think that for women that are not moms, they can sometimes feel left out or forgotten by, I call it the mommy club. (laughs) You know, it can feel kind of exclusive sometimes um, because there's a lot of awesome ministries for moms. um, But sometimes it leaves out the the barren woman or, or the woman who doesn't have children, whether by choice or because of infertility. Um, and I think, you know, I really appreciated friends of mine who were moms that, you know, meanwhile, what I was trying to conceive, they still invited me over. They allowed me into their daily lives. Um, they allowed me to see what life was like just at home with their kids. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I think that sometimes um, moms might think, oh, well, I don't want to cause her any pain. I don't want to like let her, you know, it might pain her heart to see my baby or to see my kids. But I think that, you know, in, in the Christian community, in my opinion, I, I enjoyed being invited into those homes and, and being invited to, to hold the baby or to play with the kids. Um, It gave me a little taste of of what it was like. And, you know, I just think it's honoring to remember as women, now that I am a mom, um, it's something that I try to remember that, you know, motherhood is a beautiful calling, but it's not the only one. And in the kingdom of God, you know, God values the barren woman just as much as the mom. And 
there's no pedestals. We all take the posture of, you know, servant in the kingdom of God, and we can lift each other up. We can encourage each other because our our common bond as women is not if we've, you know, given birth. Yeah. Our common bond as women in the kingdom are that we have the same spirit residing in us that raised Jesus from the dead, and He unites us in a way that is so powerful that it does not depend on what's going on with us physically um, or emotionally or even mentally. He, His Holy Spirit is literally living inside of each one of us, and He unites us as women and as believers in a deeply powerful and personal way. And so He is our bond. Jesus Jesus is our bond more than anything else. Thanks to my guest, Rebecca Fox, who writes at barrentobeautiful.com, where she has a five-day infertility devotional called Watered in the Wasteland. You can also find her on Facebook and Instagram, and I'll put all those links in the show notes. If you're looking for an Advent devotional this season, you can do with the whole family. I have a family Advent guide available on my website now. Just go to the link in the show notes or go to my website at sarahrward.com. Thank you.